I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Edelman, what does he mean to the Patriots? His retirement will tell you odds-wise. And what did Edelman mean to football? We'll discuss. Jamal Murray, injury, out for the season. Vegas doesn't respond too much. Denver was 14-1. to Now they're 18-1. to I don't think it's enough of a downgrade. TNT, two big games. Clippers favored by three at Indiana. Boston at Portland. Portland favored by one and a half. Here comes a four-hour The Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. That's right, I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Got a big day here, Edelman's retirement, NBA controversy when it comes to how many games, the dollars and the cents. Every time you call it a game, I call it a business. (laughs) 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 Betters, they listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. I'm a pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some bad news in the NBA on the injury front. We've also got the NFL draft fast approaching. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Okay, the Vegas lead, it's going to be a smallish kind of topics. It's going to be about truth, greatness, and the randomness of life. And oh, by the way, Edelman's retirement. Yeah, and Julian Edelman, the longtime Patriots wide receiver, announced his retirement on Monday. Three Super Bowl championships and including a Super Bowl MVP on the resume of Julian Edelman. Okay, so first off, and Mackenzie, have you pulled the Patriots adjustment? My guess is none to the Super Bowl odds. You are correct, sir. All right, so the betting market says this is an irrelevancy. And Patriots are 28-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Okay. But now the question turns to talk radios, you know, one of the favorites, Hall of Fame or not? And I think it's a valid question. In fact, if you listen to some NBA guys who have votes in the MVP and all that, or specifically the all-NBA teams, and then in the NFL, it's Pro Bowls and such, eventually people forget a lot. I, you know, and, and if you're born after a player... Like guys like Jim Brown, I know they were spoken of and are and he's spoken of with reverence, but it was kind of like you had to be there. Now maybe with YouTube and stuff, we're evolving where you don't have to quite be there, but the best you're gonna get is the highlights, and you might watch a couple games here or there. So in a way, the uh, Pro Bowl MVP voting. I don't know if you know this, Russell Wilson has never gotten a vote for MVP. <laughs> that is something that becomes ammunition when it's debate time, Hall of Fame or not. 
And it's important because ultimately there's going to be players that are lost to history. They just are lost to history. And I've always found it to be the most fascinating is with books. So literature, great art in theory. Probably the most respected novel written in the English language is Moby Dick. Moby Dick was a forgotten book. Melville was a uh, quite a popular author. I mean, it would be like, you know, a guy like a Michael Creighton or something of his time, Stephen King. And then he wrote this kind of strange book about a whale, and no one liked it. And the years went by, decades went by, and it was a forgotten book. And somewhere in the 1920s, if I recall, there was a professor, a specific professor, who said, this is greatness. This book is greatness, Moby Dick. And he went on a crusade to raise awareness about the greatness of Moby Dick. And eventually, it became a well-respected book, and then it was entered into the canon, where you can't have a reading list for high school seniors that doesn't have Moby Dick on it. But in 1900, it was an unknown book. So what does that mean? It means that the merit of something doesn't always dictate. How many other books are there as good as Moby Dick that didn't have that advocate? So now let's turn it to football is we think we know how good Edelman is. We all got our opinions, fans today, but how is Edelman going to be remembered? And that ultimately is the point of the Hall of Fame, is to say this is the canon. This is who you are supposed to take seriously from this era. And that's what the Hall of Fame, the NFL version, was always envisioned as, a place that a young fan could go and understand the history of the game. So as much as, in a way, the talk of Edelman Hall of Fame or not, uh, Manning with the Giants Hall of Fame or not, it's an important discussion. It might feel trivial on talk radio sometimes. It's an important discussion. And then we get to the whole idea of truth, greatness, and luck, randomness. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Who's truth? That's the question you've always got to ask yourself. If it's an objective truth, I love those. Pete Rose, most hits ever. Now you can say, but he gambled. Okay, that's the debate. But objectively, Pete Rose was a great hitter. On the other hand, you could say, oh, RJ, that's so 1997. Hits are a counting stat. We're talking efficiency. Okay, so now we're debating which numbers matter. They're objective, but which... RBIs, they don't matter. ERA, they don't matter. That doesn't matter. It's all changed. What's on the back of the baseball cards from 20 years ago, we're being told none of those stats matter. Guy can be 15 and 13 and win the Cy Young. All right? Maybe. I'm skeptical. Now, once you get past objective, now you're too subjective. Now it's someone's subjective opinion. That's what talk radio loves. Oh, the dream of these guys. The dream of the guys that don't do, they say. They don't actually chant anything, but they comment on others who do. They love if they get to decide the truth. Oh, yeah, his stats said this, but in truth, it's that. And you know who's telling you? Me. And you know why you can believe it? Because <laughs> I'm saying it. 
that's a great position to be in. If you think about it, each political party tries to do that in a way. The religious right, you could say they're saying, we're going to tell you what's just and not just and what's um, you know righteous, pious, and not pious. And the left's going to say, oh, no, 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 we'll cancel you if you're wrong in our opinion. Both parties are trying to dictate and be arbiters of good and evil, good and bad, irredeemable or not. Okay, so... I find it to be super dangerous when there isn't an objective measure of things because now it's, and I'm a, ultimately what a better does, ultimately what a GM does is make decisions. Warren Buffett, an investor, they make decisions and you've got to decide what your heuristic is, which is just a fancy way of saying, what is your process to make the decision? And I tell you this, if you tell me it's going to be put in an algorithm, like the ELO method with chess, I'm comfortable with that. I might, be, I might think it's flawed and imperfect, but it's at least objective. But if you tell me somebody on a talk show is going to decide it based on his whim, eh, I'm very skeptical. And that's where, for me, an example is, is with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was a disappointment was he a good quarterback? For sure. Andrew Luck is not one of the top 10 quarterbacks of his era. When you come out as the greatest prospect since John Elway, and you retire two weeks before the season and literally haven't made a Super Bowl, you are a disappointment. We can say provide context or whatever, you're a disappointment. But literally, that's not the way the Andrew Luck people believe. And now we're in la-la land in that, that we can all make up our own reality. And I think that with Edelman, it's fascinating because I am sympathetic to the idea that the stats don't tell the Edelman story. The fact that he has so many uh, redeeming qualities that are hard to quantify, blocking, team building, all that stuff. And the fact is, if anything, I would like the playoffs to matter. We're going to get into an NBA story about Murray and Cuban talking about how maybe these meaningless games have become more meaningful, and that's bad because there's more strain on the players. That's fascinating, right? I don't like meaninglessness. I want to see games that matter. NFL, that's one of the great things about it. But that week 17 or 15 or 10 doesn't matter as much as the playoffs. And the playoffs is where Edelman has stepped up the most. And thus, I'm sympathetic to someone saying, and Colin did today, hey, I know the stats don't back it up, but Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame, and here's why. Here's the context. And in that case, I agree. So I kind of want to be sympathetic to it. But you know what else? Under that theory, Matt Stafford shouldn't even sniff the Hall of Fame because his playoff resume is not good. How much of that is luck? And that's the last piece of this. You always hear about 10,000 simulations. Oh, we ran this 10,000 times and -and so-and-so wins 4.2%. The reason they run it 10,000 times is they want to get luck out of it. But in life, luck is this huge piece to the puzzle. So on one hand, we're saying, what is greatness? Who's judging it? And then I don't even think we can be sure of how to judge it, even if we try to judge it as objectively as possible, where does luck, where does having this coach or not have, you you hear this all the time, 
if uh, if if um Mahomes didn't go with Andy Reid, how good would Mahomes be? Sam Darnold could be Mahomes if only he had the right coach. You hear? It's like, oh man! Now it's not only how to measure what happened on the field. We have to do every if then but what maybe of any possibility of how it could have went to calculate greatness. And you know what? I don't think we can. Ultimately, I think there's players we hardly remember their names from the 90s that were probably almost as good as players who we literally have on posters. And maybe as good, maybe better sometimes. And in the movies, at the end... They'll give you that shot that tells you the answer all along. You weren't sure if it was this or that, but then you see his hands pull out a medal and you realize, oh, wait a minute. Or at the end of the uh, eight men out, it's like, oh, look, there's Shoeless Joe. He's in the outfield. He's familiar. It's telling you the perspective of the movie maker. And we're used to that. We want to know who wins, who loses. Ultimately, maybe the lament is we're never going to know how good Edelman really was. And we don't know if he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? We probably got to accept that and at the same time try our best to make our best guess now. And I think the Edelman story, Hall of Fame or not, is a great example. Well, objective truth says one thing, but we're saying, oh, be careful. Objective truth isn't always right. Here's my opinion. And then we like whoever's opinion it is, they're going by what they've seen but if we're in a simulation, there's a thousand other scenarios that could have happened that could have changed our opinion totally. And that's what we're left with talk radio. <laughs> and Jonas Knox's opinion. What do you think, Jonas? Uh, the fact that a guy with Julian Edelman's resume from an individual standpoint is even being discussed as a potential Hall of Famer just shows you how great of a career that guy had. That he was that impactful on those Patriots teams because – he doesn't have a Pro Bowl. He's not an All-Pro. Uh, he never blew anybody away with his individual stats. I don't know that anybody would argue he was a top-five wide receiver in the NFL at any point during his career. And the fact that it's a legitimate conversation to have, that he could be potentially a Hall of Famer, even though a lot of people push back against it, that to me just shows you that he's won in regards to coming in as a seventh-round draft pick, trying to make an impact, and making an impact all these years. Do you believe that the non-obvious candidacy in us discussing it is about merit, that somehow that greatness in his career was things that aren't measured, but they were there? Or is it the confluence of, oh, there's a lot of patriots in the media, former patriots, and thus they get talked. I mean, is it on merit or is it on some other factor? Look, him ending up in New England was a blessing to his career because it put him on the big stage more often than not. So when Julian Edelman was making plays, a, a lot of people were watching. He wasn't floundering mm. you know, in Detroit like a Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson put up these big numbers, but he never really played in a big game with the Detroit Lions. I think maybe a couple of players playoff games here, Julian Edelman was in big-time games, big-time moments on the biggest stages and put up really good numbers and really good performances, which is why I think we're talking about him. And really, that's a great point. I think the best we can ever hope to do is understand how the level of performance. Greatness is something even a player could literally never play, decide I'm never going to play the sport, and they would have been great at it. But the expression of that greatness, which is, you know, 
it's always a debate in the playoffs. Are you picking the four best teams in college football or the te- four most impressive performances by teams? And Edelman's performance was certainly buoyed by the opportunities in New England, which go back to luck. You know, not Andrew Luck, but luck itself, as in what did he do to get those opportunities? Well, he was lucky enough to get drafted, you know, beyond the Patriots. Right. And did he contribute to it? No doubt. And I like that a guy like Edelman's getting discussion. But I think the fact we know so little about the truth of anything like this, it's kind of daunting. Last thing, when I was doing my seven minutes and ranting metaphysically, were you thinking, wow, it's cool to be on a, talk, a, a sports talk show that does this? Or are you thinking, man, I like my weekend show. Now, what, what, what were you thinking? What one? Uh, I like variety in my diet. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to do anything cookie cutter. I will say this about Edelman uh, quickly before we go. Oh, take your time. So he started 15 games in the playoffs. He had 118 catches. That's a damn good season. If that was a one season uh, a, a, for a wide receiver, to do that on the biggest stage and put up those numbers all those years in a row, that's pretty impressive. And the interesting thing is you could look at it the other way and say, because the smartest of the smart people tend to say, and tell me if you agree, don't just say count the rings. Because that, that, doesn't, that doesn't account for the greatness of LeBron versus my MJ, for example, which I disagree right. with, but okay. So we might think that we're going to emphasize playoffs and all that, but a lot of smart people think we overemphasize it, right? Yeah, no, and that's why it's not a cut-and-dry conversation, which is why it's a fun topic to discuss. And that's the reason for our job. <laughs> talk radio, baby. When we come back, we're going to talk about that Murray injury. But first, Belichick rushed out with a statement about Edelman. Uh, Colin thought, oh my gosh, that's a sign of something with him and Brady. I don't think so. I'm going to contradict that. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the retirement of Julian Edelman. Yes, Belichick versus Brady once again. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard to live up to that. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Straight Out of Vegas. In Vegas, on the Strip, 84 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, we've been talking about the retirement of Julian Edelman, the three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, who got a very glowing response after the announcement from his former head coach, Bill Belichick. And Colin made an interesting point is that Belichick was effusive, maybe one of a kind effusive about Edelman. Brady rushed out a very positive statement. I mean, check this out. One of the most appreciated and respected players we've ever had. This is from Belichick now. Uh, He says, tough, unselfish, dependable, represents those qualities at an elite level, a rarity, very fortunate he was a patriot. That's a massive statement. 
except it was about James Devlin <laughs> last year. So if you look at the Edelman statement, and Jonas, maybe if you have it from Belichick, maybe if you want to pick out a line or two, uh, or, you know, in general, it was effusive. But I don't think it was about competing to t- like take ownership of Edelman from Brady. I think it was about Belichick is old school and in all the best ways. His dad was one of the first scouts. He wrote the, one of the first scouting manuals. It's available on Amazon right now. And he grew up watching film. Belichick did. And the reality is James Devlin and Edelman were old school throwbacks that the media and fans don't appreciate as much as maybe they should. When he talked about Devlin, Belichick said he's unsung in terms of publicity and fame. And Edelman wasn't unsung, but he was close relative to some big, big names as receivers. And Belichick wants to say, hey, everyone, look at this guy. When they did the all-time NFL team and Belichick was on camera with that, he would be preaching about this guy from the 50s that was in the single way. You know, the guy I had never heard of saying, you're missing something if you miss him. And I think that's why Edelman and Devlin got extra love from Belichick Randy Moss doesn't need it, right? These guys do, and Belichick understands he has the ability to bestow attention upon these guys, and the kind of guys he wants to bestow attention upon is the throwback guys like Edelman. What do you think, John? Yeah, and, and he made a point to to point out in his statement about Julian Edelman. He talked about his toughness, and he talked about the fact that he could do it all, that he could he could play special teams, he could throw, he could catch, he could run, he could you know make tackles if need be, all of that is the ideal Belichick player who um, I need somebody who can do a little bit of everything. And he found a guy in Julian Edelman who could do that. And, and that's why I think he really appreciated what he brought. Yeah. And if I'm actually looking at the statements side by side, they're almost the same statement. You know, like the emphasis was on the qualities that aren't really appreciated with, with Edelman. It's his ability to do it all right. Catch, run, throw, block, return, cover, tackle, and with Devlin, it was about his toughness, his unselfishness, his yeah. dependability. Right? Those are things that aren't glorified typically. And to me, Belichick figures, I've gotten famous. I might as well use, I figure he figures, I might as well use my fame to try to get the country, getting fans looking in the right direction of things. And you see that with musicians. Uh, I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan, as listeners know. And Dylan, when he was... Uh, I think it was about five years ago, and he got into this. There was this charity that does work for old songwriters that are like destitute. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame obviously bestows fame upon those who they think deserve it. When Dylan did his speech, it was like a 20 minute speech. He talked about all people who weren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that he thought deserved to be because he had the opportunity to show them. Or show the world some people maybe are getting underappreciated. And I think that's what Belichick has done. And I think it's a very admirable, very admirable thing. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Quickly, Jonas, on that question, Hall of Fame or not, you're a voter. Where do you come down with Adelman? Uh, no, not a Hall of Famer. Not? I, you no. Know, I, I, and... I, I hate saying that just because I love his career, but ultimately I do think you've got to 
do more from an individual standpoint um, than Edelman did. He's got all the team stats and all that, but I just don't think the numbers there individually uh, are there to me. I, t- I tend to agree. I, a concept that I re- – and I think Colin was one of the first, if not first, to kind of put this out there, and I heard it. A Hall of Fame is not um, it is not considered by its greatest players – Defined might be the right word. It's not defined by its greatest players. It's defined by the marginal players that make it. So Babe Ruth is in the Hall of Fame. Hank Aaron's in the Hall of Fame. Who's the guys that could have went either way? And did they make it or not? To me, it's an indictment of baseball that Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. Not because something off the field shouldn't matter. It's that if gambling on your own team is somehow so egregious, you go back through history, Ty Cobb, whatever, there's some egregious stuff, and they made it. So in a way, it's hypocritical to me. But then you, to me, Baseball Hall of Fame is my favorite, though, because it's hard to get in. I want there to be good players, players you say, really, he didn't make it? That Now, I don't want someone unfairly not to make it, but I want the bar to be high. And to me, the Football Hall of Fame, you know, the NFL, it probably lowers the bar a little too much. And I think certainly the NBA, the Basketball Hall of Fame, way too low. It's like if anyone's ever heard of the guys, they make it eventually. And I'll say one more thing. The WWE Hall of Fame is too easy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when Tony Atlas makes it. Now, listen, I like to. I mean, listen, I grew up during the Tony Atlas era. It's a little too lax for me. We're straight out of Vegas. Mackenzie, we've got some Patriots news Regarding, so you were telling me before the show, Kuiper, mock draft, trade up. How would you encapsulate all this, the doings with New England other than Adelman? Bad news for Cam Newton. Looks like, according to Mel Kuyper, the Patriots are very much in the quarterback market. He predicts that they're going to take Justin Fields at number 10 after a trade with the Cowboys. I doubt seriously that Fields is going to make it to 10. But again, who people might say, who's Mel Kuyper? As famously it was said, Mel Kuyper's an expert at getting people talking about Mel Kuyper. <laughs> and you hear that even in, in honest moments with these draft guys. is Along the way, no one's going to judge them on the third iteration weeks before. They get judged on their final mod. The first one usually in their final one. Right. And we'll see. What for betters to keep in mind is the betting market is bigger than it's ever been on props for the draft now it won't be like last year when fez had 17 bets because he had he had a mortgage to make and he was go he was taking off the rubber band you know jonas let's do this let's not mention it now he listens to the show when he's not on but how many bets you know he had 17 last year yeah how many do you think he'll have on the draft this year oh god i don't think he'll have as many because if you remember he also had to make will he have half as many I don't know if he'll get to double digits because last year his frame of mind was I just lost all my XFL money that I was guaranteed every yep. week because he was so yep. hot on it. And so he lost that about a month before because everything shut down. So he had no choice but to go heavy on the draft. Uh, well, he had a choice, which was <laughs> get a job, get a job, maybe. <laughs> right. But 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 realistically, what you're saying is he didn't have a choice. No. Now, let's give credit where credit's due. He went 15-2. and two. I mean, when the chips are down, there's one thing you got to know for sure. If the next stop is Fezzik getting a job, he's winning. 
It doesn't matter, <laughs> hook or crook, he is winning because he's not. I mean, he quit as a VP in an actuarial company, like making 170 when he was like 35 years old, like in 1999 or whatever. I mean, think about that. The guy said, no, thank you to that. I'm going to go gamble. I think I give him a ton of credit. But what I can tell you is he's not going back to that job. All right. You can be sure of that much. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. So has any odds? I mean, but really, this is Kuiper's mock. There's no real odds adjustment. Are we seeing anything with the odds? No, the Patriots are still 7-1 to one to get fields. That was the same as yesterday. Okay. So let's do this. I want to talk about the NBA and Murray and the injury and what Cuban said. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. I, just the whole break I'm thinking about, he really did that. He Fezzik literally went you know, all that time without betting because of the pandemic, and he had... 17 bets on the draft. <laughs> and all I can think of is this. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir. <laughs> no, he refuses. <laughs> refuses. That's the last resort. All right, let's talk Murray in this injury. I think it's a big story. Yeah, Jamal Murray, the Denver Nuggets guard, went down with a torn ACL in Denver's loss to the Golden State Warriors on Monday night. So the Nuggets will have to go without Murray the rest of the season as they enter into the postseason. So the odds were 18 to 1, or are 18 to 1 on Denver winning the title. They were 14 to 1 before the injury. That's a modest adjustment. I think too modest. So, Mackenzie, if we look at the performance of Denver with Murray on the court, versus off the court, what is the adjustment? There's a nine-point net difference with the Nuggets with Murray, without Murray. If you look at someone with that many minutes, he's fourth. Number three with the exact same plus nine, Nikola Jokic, MVP favorite. All right, so who? Where, so he's fourth in the entire league? Yes, for players that have played 1,700 minutes or more. So, you know, so these are saying full-time players? Yes. He's the fourth most valuable when you look at plus minus, which is on or off the court? Yes, exactly right. Okay, so that means only three players are more valuable. Now, nine isn't right. He's not worth a nine-point adjustment. The best players in the NBA are worth about six points. Like Michael Jordan was worth six to the line in his prime. LeBron, same thing. So is Murray worth four? Maybe. And to me, if you adjust four points a game, think about it. An average NBA team versus a great team and physics, so Mackenzie, you do NBA power ratings. Yeah. What, an average team versus the best team, what's typically the spread? The best team, seven points. All right, so you're saying from the, an average team to the best team is seven points. Yes. And we're saying Murray, at least statistically, is nine points. So if Denver were the best team and the nine was legit, then they'd go, they would have gone to a below average team without Murray. That's right. He's not worth nine. But he might be worth half of that or a little less. So four. So four means, and Denver wasn't the best team. So Denver's the fifth or sixth best team with Murray. 
They're about average without him. Average teams should not be 18 to 1. So to me, there's not enough adjustment. And in fact, you made an interesting point in the pre-show, McKenzie. You said, hey, listen, they were 20 to 1 Denver before they just traded. Yep, before they traded for Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. And he's not as valuable as Jamal Murray. Not even close. It's just the narrative started being on Denver. Oh, they might be something. And lo and behold, now there's an injury that gets in the way of that narrative. Everyone wants to ignore it. Don't fall prey to that. Now, what we know is about bookies. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. So they'll put it out at 18 to 1 and let some people bet it thinking there's value. My guess is this thing's down to 25 to 1 within about 10 days. They just want to get the initial suckers to gobble it up. I don't think it's a fair representation. Murray's loss for Denver is a big deal. When we come back, what does it mean to the NBA? Mark Cuban came out with some, let's say, combustible statements about it. We'll get into it. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., uh, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, is not happy in retrospect with the NBA's decision to have a play-in tournament at the end of the regular season. Uh, the Mavs owner, uh, not too thrilled about the decision, which he co-signed on uh, several weeks ago when this was first petitioned and first brought up. Okay, so... W- when you say several weeks ago for the playing tournament, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, I meant several months ago when it oh, was yeah, decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. No, understood. So I'm going to let you have the honor, Jonas, of being the stand-in for Mark Cuban. So I'm going to act like you're Mark Cuban, and that we have a show that like has the velvet ropes of the insiders are comfortable, and we're going to act like it, but we have to mimic it. Okay. So here's the question. Isn't what Cuban, Mr. Cuban, isn't what you're saying that the idea around the playing games is too effective? It's working too well? Because it seems to me what's happening, and if you would have asked me yesterday, how is the playing tournament, however you want to call it, going over? I'd say like gangbusters. What happened is, that the difference between three and seven becomes more important. Yeah, everyone wanted home court. You want to play lesser teams if you can. But in the era when the Clippers aren't playing hard the entire regular season, the Lakers aren't, you don't really know if you're the third seed, if you're going to play a harder team than if you're the fourth seed. I think the end of the season is going to be a lot of jockeying for position, not always wanting to win. So it seems like the stakes have been raised for teams in the middle. And it did of the playoff hunt, four, five, you know, six, three. And the stakes have been raised for the teams on the periphery, on the edge of the playoff contention, nine, 10, 11. Thus, there's more meaningful games, more games with high stakes, and less teams tanking. Because let's say the trading deadline, there was less action than some suspected because there's teams that might be two games out of the 10th. A seed that are thinking we're in this thing. We can make the playoffs. 
So if you have more games that matter, when the great lament of the NBA is there's too many games, they don't all matter. That's a wonderful thing. And what Cuban seems to be saying to me, Mr. Cuban, is that it works so well that we're playing games so hard that usually we'd be coasting, hint, hint, people are getting injured. How do you answer that? Uh, I can't answer that. I can't speak up for Mark Cuban in this spot. Uh, I, I I could try and fake it and and uh, just well go ahead try to fake right. it. Uh, I'm gonna defend my superstar Luka Doncic because uh, he spoke out against this, and if I don't back him publicly, then it makes it seem like I'm not supporting my guy and my franchise player. Okay, and so if if the assumption is I'm gonna give you a special code when I'm serious, <laughs> and you know if I tug on my ear three times. Take what I say seriously, and if you don't, if I don't, then you can't. I don't know. I, I, I think- mean, well, and my only point on this is Mark Cuban cannot like it all he wants, and there was a lot of people that didn't like the wild card game in Major League Baseball when it was first introduced. But if you ask baseball now, that game is must watch. When you get to that game, and there's a lot of teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates seemingly were always in the wild card game and seemingly always lost for, for several years in a row. But when you get to that wild card game, the stakes just go through the roof. And to your point, there are too many times during the course of a regular season where people will just be out on the game or not be interested in it because it, it, it's either a blowout or a team goes on a run late and you only tune in for the last portion of it. So the NBA needs something to try and get people in the mood for the postseason. And I, I'm in on the plan tournament i think it's great that's jonas Knox. i'm rj bell we're straight out of vegas here's the paradox here's always the balancing act on one hand you don't want to cheapen anything like playoffs i didn't like and i don't like the seventh playoff team from each conference in the nfl because not only and jonas sides is one of our famed disagreements because <laughs> i think to me it made it where there's less competition even at the top. When you have one dominant team, like the Steelers were so good to the end of the year, and then come the last two weeks, they had nothing to play for because they couldn't get number one and number two didn't matter. Now, that happened last year. Now, obviously, there's more games that matter at the bottom. You know, eighth seed, seventh seed fighting. To me, that cheapened the NFL a little bit. This actually is saying, hey, if you really want to cruise into the playoffs, get one of the top six seeds and rest. And if not, we're going to open it up a little bit. That works for me. And I, you know, I don't know subjective or objective. We can debate it. But to me, what Cuban's saying, it's not that I agree or disagree generally. It's the way he's saying it. What he's saying effectively is these games now matter. And thus, we got to play hard, and thus, our players are getting hurt. And at least in that regard, if you're saying, pay us TV people, pay us season ticket holders, but we don't want to really go hard in all these games, well, to me, that's guilty. <laughs> I think case is closed. Now, I do think there's a point to be made when it comes to, uh, I think these injuries are happening in aggregate when it's a compounding of fatigue. If you think about Golden State and the injuries that they had in the championship round a couple of years ago, it was after a five-year run. 
We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!